Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. We live in a world of fees. Airlines, hotels, food delivery, and especially car dealers all charge excessive last-minute fees. When you want something badly enough, it feels like your only choice is to pay up. But what if you had a choice to take a stand instead? At Carvana, we believe in treating you better. With zero hidden fees, you can drive off without feeling ripped off. That's what it means to live fearlessly with Carvana. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's right now. Get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just ninety nine cents until eleven a.m. Price of participation may vary. Shirewolves owe us lunch money, and we will be taking it at that event. Whitworth, the system, the clock, Harlock—none of these guys can get in front of my destiny. Snap into a Slim Jim. You were watching the Schmodown. Yeah, you better get your tickets. Uh, this is Heroes. What's up? 242. We're going to talk about the DC Universe. We're going to talk about our comic book pull list. And we're going to get into that giant cape spawn. You better be watching. Get those, those Schmodown tickets, baby, because I'm selling out. I think there's 10 left. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's episode <laughs> 242. I'm John Schnapp. You're watching Heroes. And joining us, as always, on Monday, we've got Robert Meyer Burnett. Great to be here. What's up? Amy Dallin. Hello. Hey, and we've got a new guest over here from the UK. She's a presenter on the BBC Social. It's Claire Lynn. What's going on? Hi. All the way over here here. from across the pond. Welcome. Welcome to Heroes. We're going to get sweaty. Here we go. DC Streaming Universe. So this popped off a couple days ago. None of us were talking about it because we weren't. We were like, wait till Monday. Well, now here we are. We're talking about the DC Streaming Universe. We don't have to say DCFU anymore. Because it's the DCU, right? It's just the DC universe. That's where they're, unless they decide to call it the DCSU, which would be stupid, the DC Stream Universe, I don't think they're going to do that. So uh, right now I'm just going to call it the DCU. That's their streaming service. We don't really know anything about it other than they've got these shows that they announce. And there's logos. We've seen a bunch of photos of the Titans show. We know they're doing Young Justice. I think it's called Young Justice Outsiders, which is the third season of Young Justice. We've got Harley Quinn, which is like 26 episodes. Still haven't confirmed whether you're not or not um, Margot Robbie is actually doing the voice of Harley Quinn. A little bird told me she is, but no one can t- actually confirm it. So we don't know if that's actually happening. But then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, James Wan announces, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm producing this Swamp Thing TV series. What? Internet explodes. 
people who love Swamp Thing, we've all been talking about, wouldn't it be great to see a Swamp Thing television show, not like the one from based off the movie with Dick Durock shambling about in a swamp somewhere? I know they made 80 episodes of that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about an adaptation of some of Len Wein's or, say, Alan Moore's stories. That's what we're talking about. And I think anybody who knows Swamp Thing, anyone who knows the legend of the Swamp Thing and all the different artists, uh, Stephen Arbissett, John Tottlebin, Rick Veach, the writers Rick Veach, Alan Moore, we've got Len Wein and Bernie Wrightson. There's so much flavor in there that, like, not, not taking out Martin Pascal. All these different people who are all part of this, a mate, Tom Yates, the list is endless. Those are the stories I want to see. I can't wait to see Swamp Thing. I would never have thought I, of this entire list. Titans is still up there for me because it is literally, it's Wolfman and Perez's Titans. So that's way up there. But now we got Swamp Thing. Now I have to give DC my money. It's evil and it's, it's worked somehow. <laughs> they have my money. It's already like the whole year of my money. God, DC Universe has it because of that announcement. If they fail and all that, uh, pull it back and like be angry. But I don't think that's going to happen. Amy, what are your thoughts when you heard about the DC streaming universe announcement? I mean, I'm freaking thrilled. I'm thrilled to have positive, uh, like to have news to attach to. We've been hearing about this for a while. Uh, it's it's nice to have like those logos and to know which projects are really happening and to feel like their confidence is behind it. But mostly, I'm excited about Swamp Thing. Yes, uh, we do. We talk about it all the time. Uh, it is two of the most legendary runs of all time. Uh, it's a character that brings out the best and people, it'll be really interesting to see what version of the universe that lives in mm-hmm. because, of course, as many of y'all will know, John Constantine comes out of Swamp Thing. Right. Um, there is an interconnected set of characters and ideas, but you can make an amazing Swamp Thing t- show without getting into that. They clearly seem like they're on the right foot. They've got Abby Arcane front and center, right. uh, which makes sense. She comes from the 80s run, but is like becomes a huge important part of it. Read Swamp Thing. Get excited. I don't know where James Wan's involvement was a surprise to me. Right. I didn't know if he was like, no, 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 I love this just put my name on it like i don't know how that stuff works but uh, good news all around and to me says he's got a good relationship with dc which yet again makes me excited about aquaman i want to hear that james wan is directing the first maybe the first episode or the first couple of episodes that would be amazing i literally just rewatched the conjuring last week it is such an incredible film and it's handled by a master who's just literally every shot those roving cameras throughout the house just builds and builds and builds until you finally get those Exorcist moments, which kind of, to me at least, surpass the Exorcist in freak-out, freak moments with Liv Taylor. What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, I I like the fact that I've been saying the DC Universe since I was a kid, Mm. you know, and and now I can just use it, uh, why it took them so long to come Mm. out with this. It's fine. I know it's for their streaming service, but I think we should just say it for everything. It's the DC Universe. They've been saying it on the comics, which will not be confusing when we're all trying to figure out which universe we're talking about, but it's fine. Figure it out. Put numbers on them, it'll be good. (laughs) But the James Wan announcement... It was so I'm like, here's somebody who's utilizing his power for good. And and you look at a guy like James Wan, first of all, he's the nicest guy in the world, but I love the fact that like M. Night Shyamalan, he made course corrections in his own career. He tried doing different things. He comes back out with Insidious. You know, he makes Insidious one, goes back to his saw roots and basically makes a movie for a little less than a million bucks. And it turns out the most fun I ever had in a movie theater in the last decade was mm. watching Insidious. And these two girls that were sitting in front of me, probably twelve. One of them stood up, looked back at the rest of us. It was in stadium seating. And she's like, I'm sorry. This is just too scary for me. <laughs> and she walked out of the theater. And her friend walked out. And then, like, five minutes later, the father gets up and goes, I'm their dad. And he has to leave, <laughs> yeah. too. And it was terrifying. So to have somebody who's a real sweaty, a bonafide, die-in-the-wool sweaty, to take over a show like Swamp Thing, we're going to be getting 
those comics. We're going to be starting with Len Wein and, and Bernie Wrights and moving on into the Alan Moore run and yeah. all those great stories. We're gonna, they're going to touch on those. They're going to use those. I want to see Anatomy Lesson. That's a, I, I want to see it. It's so deep cuts here for like that's the Alan Moore kind of the refresher swamp thing where it's like I wonder if they're going to rock the first season where he thinks he's a man then he finds out that he's not. What are your thoughts, Claire, about Swamp Thing and about the DC Universe streaming service? Well, like I'm I'm not a huge sweaty fan over DC stuff as you can tell from my Marvel T-shirt, <laughs> but it, it it made me mist. I felt a mist. <laughs> so I, I got quite misty over it. Um, I think they've got a really good team behind it, actually. Like, a really good like horror team. So I want to see something that's dark and interesting with texture. You know, I want to, like, really get immersed in the world. So I think I've got a good feeling about it. I think they're going to do it right. But what made me more excited than, than Swamp Thing, possibly, was the fact that this DC streaming service say that they're going to offer DC fans this all-encompassing hub. Mm. You know, and we don't know what that means or what that is. Right. We don't even know if they're going to drop like all episodes or do it weekly. We don't really know anything at all. But I'm quite excited. And there's um, also talk about perhaps getting like digital issues up there and things as well. Right. So because there's so many kids out there that grew, grew up with films, and then they maybe just go on Wikipedia a little bit. But if they're in like DC's bubble world, right? Then they can like you know go to like Harlequin something and then start reading the comics and stuff. That that's what I hope for these kids. I'm glad oh, you, I love yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad you touched on that because people forget how vast and large the Warner Brothers DC library actually is outside of just the DC, you know, EU, FU, whatever you want to call it, the movies that they've established, those five films. There's a gigantic library of G- all the DC animated movies, the Batman animated series, the Superman animated series, like just so many incredible touchstones outside of the comic books alone where there's an in a, like such an incredible amount of comic books that if they even were like we've allowed one tenth of them to be online if you're a subscriber you literally will have thousands of issues to comb through and enjoy so i feel like if they are indeed offering that that's just more that's just icing on the cake for someone like me metropolis so we heard about metropolis this was a series that when they first announced it they were saying well it's a metropolis before superman is superman so it's kind of lois lane and lex luther teaming up to fight like you know the mothman prophecy or whatever i was like what is going on with this are they like x-files they're like walking around with flashlights and you know alliteration right away lex luther lois lane let's ease back on that for a minute so they're like look whoever decided to pull the brakes on it i'm glad because I was like, I like all of the other announcements. And with that Swamp thing, that was like the, whoa. Like, that was like, that was the one that got me. The Metropolis thing, I didn't care about. I'm like, look, I'm already in, I'll be honest, I love Krypton. I've watched all, you know, Krypton is pretty fantastic. So I'll just say that straight up. That was one of those things I was like, eh, Gotham, I'm not into this thing with like Batman before Batman or Superman before. So, but they actually did a good job with Krypton where it's sort of like establishing a lot of these other characters like Adam Strange, like a bunch of characters that we've never really seen done. Right. And then also going into the lore of Krypton before Superman, but then there's time travel elements. So, could we jump in and all of a sudden Superman is in season two? It's possible because of the way they've structured the show. Metropolis, they're rethinking it. Now, a lot of theories I heard are like, well, they're going to add another character. What do you think, Robert, about Metropolis? Well, first of all, one of the great shows that's ever been made about an American city is The Wire. 
Mm. If you've ever HBO oh, yeah. is The Wire, and it, it got into that with the criminal element. You know, drug drug dealing was the first season, but then it got into the educational system. Oh yeah, and then it got into the unions on the docks, yep. dock workers, and every season was a different every, facet, a different facet of, of an American city and all the problems and the things that go on. And you had all different kinds of characters looking at the city from all different angles. There were politicians, there were cops, there were criminals, Stringer Bell, there were yeah educators. I mean, one of the great. Uh, uh, so Idris Elba was so great as Stringer Bell. Yeah. I didn't even know he was, wasn't American. But but the the why not do a show like that? Like it, a, a city of the future, a, a modern American city that's technologically advanced that still has. I don't know, maybe Star Labs, or you've got Luther doing his criminal manipulating stock prices or right. whatever, where you, you look at a city from all of these different facets and then over our, this overarching idea of a, a superheroic protector, like Marvel's. Right. How does that affect the man on the street? If you're somebody growing up in a city that sees Superman on a daily basis, but what if you're, say, in a single-household family and your mom's working too hard mm-hmm. and you never see her and your grades are falling because you're stressed out about school? What happens when Superman flies overhead and you wonder to yourself, why isn't he helping me? Right. You know well, what? You could do a great, great show about that. You don't have to do an X Files procedural about Luther and Lois. Yeah, that sounded horrible. And I think maybe what the rehaul or the overhaul or whatever they're doing with the concept of Metropolis could. I'm hoping be triggered a little bit like, let's set up a DC world that we've already got, which is Metropolis. And they do have other, you know, adjacent places. But if we have a hub like New York, we can introduce a couple of main characters like Lois Lane, who is a reporter. We could have Lex Luthor doing his thing. But that's a great way to introduce all the other. You could have Booster Gold. You could have Blue Beetle. You could have Dr. Fate. You could have a lot of these other characters kind of living in that world and be a story of the week. I don't know if that's what they're doing, but that's what I'd much prefer than to see like some kind of bizarre procedural with Lois Lane and Lex Luthor teaming up. I don't, I don't know how that even like. I don't know if that was ever a real thing, but once that got reported, it was like not that kind of stuck. Where I was like, that sounds corny. So, but I, you know, you had also said about the DC streaming service, and you brought up comic books. You know, they used to do things. They had trivia tracks on certain DVDs that I worked on. Like I worked on a Spider-Man trivia track for the Raimi Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. It would be great if you could choose to watch a DC show on the streaming service and choose to watch it with some kind of an overlay feature where it would have trivia of all the different... And you could click on something and it would take you to a digital version Editor's of the comic. Note. Right. Yeah, or something like Branching that. Branching service. And yeah. really, like you were saying, is if it's a true hub and you could watch the shows, but then you could watch them again with that kind of a... a it's what they always talk about, the internet. Ah, I can go buy the shirt. Sure. Instead of I getting can... the Blu-ray, you should be allowed to hear the director's commentary. You should see the behind-the-scenes features that are now with Blu-ray branching services. That could easily, with a touch of a finger, be available on a streaming service. Let me ask you, Claire, what other, what other series do you see them announcing? Like, obviously, Metropolis was part of this package, but they had Young Justice. Then now they have Swamp Thing. They have Titans. They have an animated Harley Quinn. What other characters do you think are they going to bring to the streaming service before it actually becomes active? I would like to see a series based around a villain, like a really like a, a villain that is, is quite you know quite well known. I mean, I kind of like I feel like you know we've got we're talking about Joker a little later and stuff, but and I feel like Suicide Squad there's like a missed opportunity there. But I think there's like antiheroes and villains from the DC universe that are have been quite underused so far. Um, so I would quite like to see them delve into that. I think they could really play with this DC universe mm-hmm. streaming service. 
Um, I, my only problem as well with the, I was thinking about the, the Lois and Clark thing when I read about it, I just was like brain switch off, boo, I was like, I'm not interested. <laughs> because I was like, I, I watch all of the, the CW shows, like, I, sure. I really, I do, they're a bit schmaltzy sometimes, but the, the problem is the, the schmaltz and the problem is sometimes they like, they fall into like soap opera land right. kind of thing and it's kind of like a good background watch, you know, when you're like vacuuming the yeah. house or whatever. But um, you know, I just, I kind of, I hope that it doesn't go there. I liked what you said about, you know, the perspective of a young boy going, you know, why isn't he helping me? You know, from the people on the ground, and it reminded me of the comics at Marvels. Yeah, yeah. Marvels. Yeah. Yeah, and um, it reminded me of that, and I thought that was such an interesting concept. That's what they should be doing. Well, they should be doing That's it before Marvels does it because exactly. Marvels hasn't done Marvels. What do you think, Amy? Well, what's fascinating about that is that that show has to be in a superhero world. Like, and that's, it's one of those questions about, like, what is it that you would want to happen or be going on in Metropolis before the arrival of Superman? Now, I, I absolutely think Lois can be a lead for a show, like, but you have to, like, teaming up with Lex Luthor doesn't make a lot of sense. It's, it, mm-hmm. you know, it, I don't know, again, whether that was a real thing or just, like, the way, it's some misinterpretation of something that got announced. Right. Uh, I, I am excited. Like, I think the antiheroes could be a cool possibility. Uh, that's something they could potentially do with the Harley series because she's been in that antihero space. I assume that she's probably going to be more close to her recent solo series runs where she's right. like a little more Deadpool-y, loose cannon good guy. Right. Uh, but that's a great opportunity to introduce some of these other characters who could potentially spin off. Uh, I am curious how tightly they are or aren't coordinating these shows. It sounds like they're all doing different things. But the other problem with the Metropolis show is that you're using most of that supporting cast right now on Supergirl. Uh, so you've got versions of a lot of the Lane family right. that are being pretty well established. Uh, so it, I do think there's tons of fertile ground there, but you do you need a strong concept, obviously, to start with. What do you think? What what other series have they got in the pipeline that you would like to see? Man, I you know I've been a big advocate of this. I even wrote a document after I worked on a Warner premiere movie. I produced a movie called The Hills Run Red. I wanted to do a series. I wanted to do Animal Man. I wanted to to do Animal Man as a series because it's a family show, and it, it even though you had things like um, uh, it, it, you, you were dealing with with uh, ecology and environmental issues and animal issues, and mm-hmm. and I thought that was a great way. And then he would have to go off and you know be in the Justice League for a, a right. mission. But I, I want to do that. I think that's the kind of show. The technology exists now. I mean, I know doing shows with animals is a pain in the ass, but I would love to see an animal man show. I want yeah, to be involved. Animals in the talking. Animal Look at Jungle Book. Have full well, conversation yeah. with baby Cub Scouts. And, and, and also, like you know, Animal Man is kind of, in a way, an offshoot of what was going on in Swamp Thing because mm-hmm. you're dealing with the same kind of energy forces. And, I, you know, even the Coyote Gospel, when they broke the fourth wall in Animal Man, was one of the great... Issues ever of a comic. Yeah, book. but the Grant Morrison version isn't exactly the family show. No, you kind of have but, to pick one or the but, other. But I do think that that there, if you look at that first issue, it really was. I mean, that that, that run is definitive to me. But it really it did. The family component was a big part of that. Absolutely. Right. I mean, it got really weird. It gets but, weird. I, I would say, I mean, Animal Man's a good choice. I think Doom Patrol is probably the obvious choice because they're introducing Doom Patrol in Teen Titans, or Titans as they're calling it. So I feel like that's the spin, the first of the spin-offs. I'm pretty sure Hawk and Dove are actually a part of the Titans. They haven't really announced it like that yet, but that's my guess because Cyborg's not there. Don't they also still have Vixen sort of like sitting around waiting for them to make more episodes of the animated they did, thing? Yeah, they did or animated. Do the, like they have a live-action person It's really that, hard like, to tell because I feel like, as just as Disney is kind of like 
bringing all of their all of their kind of tying things up in a bow so they can make their streaming service. I feel like Warner Brothers DC is also kind of trying to figure that out right now. Mm-hmm. Now they've made this announcement, so it's like, all right, we know what they're doing, but there's so much that we don't or what has has not been announced yet. So I do want to just shout out, like Claire, like you're so dead on. Please listen to her about <laughs> bundling it with comics. Uh, unlike Marvel, DC hasn't had a basic subscription deep dive into the access service. Right. Some of their titles are available on Comixology Unlimited, which is a monthly subscription Netflix-style thing, but that's not a model that they had until now adopted. And this is a perfect opportunity to be like, do this and then go read Hush just for fun. Right. And if you're a subscriber, just like with Amazon, if you're a subscriber, you get some like discount break with graphic novels or like you know a coupon that you Mm -hmm. could use at a comic book store. I mean, the the possibilities are endless. I have one too. I want to do an anthology series set in the DC universe called Phantom Stranger. Nice. And the Phantom Stranger will arrive and like there help somebody into that can spin off of uh, the, the the like one of the finales of Swamp Thing that where they'll do some version of the annual and boom yeah, yeah. And, and then he becomes you know your guide not like he's the Twilight Sterling, Zone but, but yeah. yeah that would work and perfect. he would participate in episodes or he would he would always narrate them like open and close but sometimes he'd be a character and sometimes he wouldn't. he's like Hellraiser he's like Pinhead but not as prickly um, <laughs> next story we got Jamie Fox is he going to play Spawn well maybe he is we keep hearing about the offer has finally gone out Jamie Foxx to play Al Simmons. Now this is something that Jamie Foxx himself wanted to play this role back when Todd McFarlane was talking about this in 2013. Now McFarlane has been talking about making a Spawn movie for almost 20 years. After the first Spawn movie, which you're seeing this footage of, with the giant weird CG cape and him jumping around, he's fighting Violator (laughs) and all this. I mean, look it's the movie doesn't suck. It's like somewhere in the middle ground. There's some cool moments to it. There's some horrible moments to it. The less said about the CG demon creature, like I am a weird puppet, the better. We won't even talk about. It. I don't know if that's going to clip. If you're going to roll that, but the the cape alone is like, look, that looks like some kind of billowous satin CG fabric. It doesn't even. There's no way to like. It just doesn't really work. So, you know, McFarlane was like, look. He's back. I'm going to make a horror movie. I'm going to write it. I'm going to direct it. I'm going to produce it. And for years, we've been hearing him talk about this back in 2002 and 4 and 7 and 9 and 11 and 13. I mean, even a couple of like two years ago when we were doing Heroes, we we're like, put your money where your mouth is and put some of that money from that baseball son into that movie that you own, the cre- you're the creator of. And I think Todd kind of. After, like, gestating and trying to get this off the ground with a bigger budget, he's an untested director. Even though he's, like, running his own successful company and running all these different, like, doing amazing toys and all this stuff, I don't get it. Hollywood's a weird creature. So they were like, we can't risk it on you. It's like, it's insane when you really think about it. So whatever. Bloomhouse is putting a couple million in. I'm sure McFarlane's slapping some money in there too. He's putting it like I don't. He's not financing his house, refinancing his house, but he's. It's not like he's broke or anything. But at the same time, it's his money. So I think he's doing the right thing with Spawn by like the. If you've ever read the more recent versions of Spawn, it's a horror comic, and so that by going this horror route, it makes perfect sense. Um, does Jamie Fox fit into this world? What do you think, Claire? Yeah, I'm quite excited by this one actually because I remember that old film and I was like I don't know what I'm watching but I'm watching it but I really 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 am excited about this I was excited by what 
Todd McFarlane had to say about how he's going to introduce Bond. Mm-hmm. He's, he's not going to do this like the old superhero, anti-hero origin movie, right. which is what I'm, I'm one of the most. He's compared it to Jaws. He went, it's not like you know the backstory of Jaws. Jaws just appears, right. and you're like, oh, that's scary. It's not like you go, you know, Jaws had like a you know daddy issues or whatever. Like you know, it's, it wasn't like that. <laughs> so I, you'll see him occasionally, like he'll pop in at the right moments, but. I've heard that it's going to be told through the eyes of like the people around Spawn and uh, Twitch of Sam and Twitch sure. as well. So that already is quite exciting. Plus the fact it's going to be dark and gritty. It's not going to be you know like big Avengers style budget or anything, which right. I think would look kind of weird. I think it needs to be like this. This mm-hmm. is the movie it has to be. So yeah, I'm really really excited by this. Yeah, like I agree. This is the movie it has to be in order for it to work. We already saw the like larger budget version, and it's like eh. Yeah. I want to see like <laughs> and look the animated HBO series is way better. You know what I mean? It's way like better. less is more in the world of Spawn. What do you think, Amy? Well, I think that what you're saying makes a ton of sense. Uh, like, I mean, I get why if someone has not directed a movie before, that is a very different job from other kinds of jobs. But this is the guy who, like, has generally been able to put his money where his mouth is when he takes on a new project. Uh, so, like, I, I don't think it's unreasonable to take a chance on it either. And it sounds like the things that they're saying are in line with what would make this movie work well. The viewpoint, like, the Sam and Twitch characters are actually really fun. I guess it's just Twitch we're yeah. talking about. But, uh, sure, Sam will be in there. Eating a sandwich. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, so... It's it's never been one of my personal favorites, but it sounds like it is set up to succeed. And I would say, like, if Jamie Foxx wants in, I wouldn't say no to that. Uh, I don't know if he's still in the same place he was in 2013, uh, right. but that could be, a, a, like, an interesting, like, playing a horror movie villain might be a cool thing to add to his resume. Well, I mean, hero. On top of that, I mean... Spawn, like you said, is going to be more in the shadows. He's a creature. He's a monster. So I would almost imagine it's more voiceover than anything else. It sounds if, difficult to square really showing off Spawn with him being just in the background, but I'm going to well, trust yeah. that they have a good... I feel like it wouldn't just be a shadow or something, but I'm saying like the character of Al Simmons as Jamie Foxx might only be serviceable in flashbacks. And I, you know, I, I just don't see it being like full on, like I've got a burned face and I'm running around with this weird latex outfit. They're not doing that. It's going to be like a creature, weird cape. It's going to be like his artwork come to life. And so that I feel like it'd be an easier job for someone like Jamie Foxx to do, whether it's like, even if it's in that low budget caliber where he'd be, oh, it'd be almost more voiceover or motion capture. What do you think? Well, I'm a huge fan of Jamie Foxx. I think he's lately being totally underutilized as an actor. Yeah. I mean, he's an Academy Award caliber actor. Um, I love Michael Mann's Miami Vice, and he was great as Tubbs. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, you know, I, I, he showed up in the new trailer for that Robin Hood movie. I guess he's playing the Morgan Ugh. Freeman Moore character. That Robin like, Hood trailer looks like garbage. I, I, Sorry. I, I'm like, where are these? Where are these medieval cities? Why are we watching movies that take place in medieval times in fictional cities? This so is not goofy. Middle Earth. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I want to see Jamie Foxx come back to where he's just a presence I enjoy. He's an actor I like to see, and I think he could be great as. As Al Simmons, and, mm-hmm. and let's. But I want to see him. You know, I don't just want to see some CG creation. I well, want to see. I'm sure if he signed on, they'll beef up the flashback sequences. Absolutely. You know, I mean, when you when you get an actor of that caliber, especially someone like McFarlane, be like, all right, let's add a couple more of those scenes that I cut from the original. Be like, throw those back in. Yeah. Um, but I feel like reestablishing Spawn in this new world, you got to just forget about the old Spawn. You got to forget about that movie and like because. He's trying to reestablish it as a horror franchise and like Spawn, i.e. being kind of like Jaws or being like
like yeah. like even a Phantom Stranger type of a introduction character, like a ghost or something, is the way he's described it. He's a, like it'll be like Twitch's story for revenge, but Spawn will be there as like a an assistant almost. Well, it'll be like what you said about Conjuring. I mean, you talked about how James Wan is a master. What if, as you were talking about, Spawn is a force? You know, of nature, who shows up like in the first Hellraiser movie. Mm. Pinhead is not the protagonist. He right. shows up. They don't explain until other movies sure. where he came from, and and make it realistic. You know, set it in that real world. Set it in the world of the Conjuring. It was, was a period piece, but it feels real until the unreal happens. But yeah. it's earned. Stop clapping. Yeah, I like to yeah. see like you know the Babadook and that into that kind of fear and that kind of that ever. That sort of dark presence, and they're saying it's going to be gritty and things. Imagine like Spawn, the bab, that kind of like feeling of like fear throughout the film, and and not kind of knowing what's going to happen. And when it appears, it appears kind of thing. And I think that if they do that right, it's it's going to be really great and R rated and everything else. Like really, right. like that could make a Spawn it. fan out of me. That's yeah. Not like- yeah, I mean that's why I really hope they go that route because it's so nowadays, especially with you know Avengers and a billion dollars, mm. everybody who's got their hand in the mix of making a superhero film is going to want to try to get some of that money, like you know, make it more superheroy. And like I think what McFarlane is trying to do is make it more like the horror film that he he's been wanting to make. So I feel like he's got to ride that line, but he's got to you know he's got to follow that vision that he has and not. You know, be bent into you know having like some you know heroic scenes with Spawn on a building. I, that will not happen. I can guarantee you. Let's get into the comic book pull list. Here's the top five comics coming out this week. Uh, coming for me. There's a million comics coming out, but let's talk about them. I don't know if you guys have some, but the Immortal Men number two, James Tinian and Jim Lee, Scott Williams as, as well with the Jim Lee art team. The Immortal Men. I don't know if you checked out the first one, but I actually liked it. So I was like, hey, I'm saying buy the second one. Deadpool 300. It's the end of the run. By Jerry Duggan with a whole ton of different artists. There's like 5,000 different variant covers. Liefeld is, is, is kicking a variant in there. That's right. The creative Deadpool. Deadpool 300. I'm sure it's going to be awesome. Jerry Duggan is an incredible writer. Number three, we've got the, the Ma- Maestros. Number six, it's by Steve Scrosi. He's writing it. He's doing the artwork. Steve Scrosi, if you don't know that guy, he's an incredible artist. He's a designer. He did a lot of the work on The Matrix. He's just a fantastic artist. Check it out. Number two, we got The Wicked of the Divine, number 36, by Kieran Gillen and Jamie McAleese. So definitely check that out. We've been talking about the giant hardcovers that already exist that encompass all those other issues. Now you can pick up a couple of the solo issues. Finally, we got Venom, number one, by Donnie Cates and Ryan Stegman. Look, I'm kind of reinvigorated into this whole Venom world. I'll be honest with you. I was like, there's a billion things. Venomized, there's so many Venom things. But then I picked up that amazing Spider-Man with the Red Goblin, and I got kind of hooked back in. And then the trailer for Venom was like, man, I wish there was, like, a new Venom number one where I could... What? So, literally, good call, Marvel. Your fresh start sort of worked. I got sucked in. I was like, how do I start if I... I Venom number 230, see it? Well, number one... Yeah, I'm sure they'll give you a little like they have all the old comics used to be like Venom got his powers by be blah blah blah. You know, there's some explaino dude in the background, or it's a capsule, or it's an old man drunk. Venom has a symbiote. You know, I don't know how they're going to tell you, but you'll get the full information from number one, and then it's go time. What are you guys think the thoughts about this pull list? Let's start with you, Claire. I'm really interested in. Um Venom. I, I already follow the Wicked and the Divine because I think uh, Jamie Kelvey and Kieran Gillen are great. I think they're blooming fantastic. But Venom, like, yeah, like, I mean, I'm not convinced by this latest trailer, but it has made me want to go and explore 
and, and got deep mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, but the trailer, I was a bit like, mm-hmm, like not really into. <laughs> I don't know how to feel. I'm still like processing the, the emotions here. Um, but I like the fact that it's going to be a good jumping off point because that's what puts me off. I've got what I read and that's it, you know, the saga or whatever else. And I read those and that's it. But it's kind of scary for a non-comic book fan to kind of like, it's like what you're saying. It's like, I don't want to, I don't want I'm scared. Put it in the fridge kind of thing. So <laughs> I'm, I'm a bit kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm going to go into Venom, I think Venom World, because it's a good jumping off point. I think they're going to explain a little bit of the symbiote as well. Yeah. Um, and go into sort of the bit of the darkness and there's like a dark presence that he's going to have to tackle. So it's things could be quite exciting and it'll hopefully get kids... Straight well, is a good lead-in. It's something we've talked about for the last three years, and it's gonna. Oh, we're always gonna talk about it. Where this numbering system and the renumbering system, <laughs> mm. like old school readers like ourselves, are like, "What are you doing?" But it works, it and does. it even works on me. Where I was like, nah, "It's just like oh, there's too much venom. I don't know what venom is. Which venom is this?" Yeah. <laughs> and then, oh, venom number one. I like what Cates has been doing with his other weird comics. He's a fun writer. You know, I'll check it out. That's exactly what this fresh start thing is is for. Is like, get in. We're gonna restart this thing, or we're not even restarting. We're just like, it's not. It's a, it's like a continuation, but not. It's just like it's an open. It's a jump in, not you know. So that's to me. I think it's it's kind of successful. I love that Avengers that came out with Jason Aaron. Mm. That's what I mean. So it's like that fresh start initiative. Sometimes those new numbers don't really uh, aren't bad. I think if, if especially with the comic book industry, if it's helping people to jump in, I think it's good. What do you think? Well, I, look, I love learning about stuff on the show. The Wicked and the Divine. That all came from Amy Dallin. I'd never heard of this comic book. I'm not obsessed. Before. I'm a normal amount of... Uh, yeah. It, but, but it, it was kind of like Kill or Be Killed. When, I, when we did comic book shopping, you were hooking me up with all this stuff. Like, look at this. Look at this. I'm like, oh. You know, and I think one of the joys of this show is to find a great... That's a great book. I mean, it's not... It was not inexpensive to jump in and like, oh, there's hardcovers. Right. I, I, you know, I'm like... I'm that hardcover guy. You know, it's, I'm still trying to get those that hardcover, the Detroit uh, Justice League of America, which I have not rock because it's like 65 bucks do i right. want that but yes right. i do yeah. and, and that's kind of what happens so wicked and divine i will i will pick that up i've actually been picking up i picked up some comics individual issues and not just but i you know venom i will not buy i'm sorry <laughs> avengers was great though <laughs> last that's week what i mean well i'll let you know I'll, I'll i'll let you know i'll read it i'll read it for you robert and will, will you read I'll, it for me well you know our I'll, birthdays I'll, are next week i know well why don't you hook me hey, up buddy speaking of birthdays so next week on wednesday I'm inviting everyone who's watching this show to come to the AMC 16, the IMAX screening, whatever that is in the afternoon. I think it's at 2.30. And come watch Avengers Infinity War with me and any of the heroes team who wants to show up and watch it with me. It's my birthday. I was like, yo, that's a cool way. Right after we tape the show, I'm going to walk over because we're, we're, we're literally in stumbling distance to the AMC 16. So come on over. We'll do a meet and greet after the show and get nerdy. But, like, see the movie with me and all of you guys. If you guys are available to come, Claire, you'll be back in the U.K. Okay. Yeah, sorry. You can Skype in. But They're in spirit. Robert, Amy, if you're available to come by, it's like, I think it's the 2.30 show. Well, you know, my birthday is a day before so yours. So we'll be celebrating so me I'll and drink Robert. First. Yeah. You'll be on the show. I'll be yeah. drinking It'll at It'll technically Barney's still be Robert's birthday in different parts of the world. So. Uh, Roca is buying all the tickets. So please see our producer of the show, John Roca. He's buying everyone's tickets. He's not. It's I a lie. I feel like this is an ingenious master plan to be gifted. Oh, we don't don't bring any people. gifts, by the way. Please don't. If you do come, just bring yourself. That's all it is. We're not buying your ticket either. Um, you could give me a popcorn. I'll what about sneaking some whiskey in? Yeah, sneak oh some whiskey and get arrested, <laughs> and you and Robert could spend the night in jail because they do have jail. Like, good no, story. I don't know. They actually <laughs> have. They, so they allow alcohol. So if you're there. 
and you can drink, go ahead and drink. I wouldn't say watch the Infinity War drunk. You want to be there to feel all that emotion and not extended, fake, manipulated emotion. But if you want that extended, fake, manipulated emotion, you go. You can do whatever you want. It's 420, baby. So, Minor Mutations, let's get into it. But that's next week, May 16th. Lock it down. Minor Mutations, number one, we've got Marvel meets with over 65 directors for the upcoming Black Widow film. So now, I mean, when you hear that, and they have still have Miller. We don't know what's happening with Phase Four. They're like a weird, like smoke and mirrors. Like, don't look over here. And then they're like, "What are you doing over there?" Like, sixty-five directors in some weird line. They're like getting handed out like Popeyes biscuits. They're like, "What are you doing? Don't film us!" You know, as it feels like, how the hell does this information come out? Over sixty-five directors. How did this information come out? Little birds, baby. I, I don't really know. I'm just reporting the news yeah, from, yeah, yeah. from the sources. Sixty-five so, little yeah, birds. It yes. could, yeah, Watching was it sixty-four? Guys. I believe it was they sixty-five. All were like, Marvel is too tiny. They're comparing cell phones. We don't know if it's Black Widow or A-Force, but we do know they're talking to a bunch of people. They're trying to, like, line some stuff up. And, boy, have we all been talking about line up a Black Widow movie already. I can't wait to see it. I think there's so much fertile, rich material. Just jumping from the Mark Wade miniseries with Chris Samney just a year and a half ago, just adapt that. The Bam. Somebody should be writing that. Somebody probably already did. What do you think, Robert? Bring it on. I mean, first of all, I think probably... The number 65 was somebody going, I don't know, we met like 65 people. I love it, though. It's so weird. I, I, I mean, I mean the, the, are there 65 directors in Hollywood that they would meet with? I, you know, I don't even know. It was all They're, brother and sister teams. There's actually 30, they you know, went to 40. Film like, would anybody, I, I know. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I, but but uh, look, as we've talked about, I, I love the character. I love Scarlett Johansson. If you guys haven't seen uh, Under the Skin... Under the Skin is a science fiction film. That'll that freak Johansson you out. It's such it's, a good movie. It's incredible. Mm. People will be like, eh, I didn't like it. It's incredible. Watch it. You'll love it. Yeah. Uh, it's also based on a great book by the guy that wrote The Crimson Petal and the White, if you read. Uh, it's good. And the book, just a side note, is even scarier, I think. And again, I put a lot of comics and books in the freezer, but it was like <laughs> a, a sort of book in the freezer moment for me many times. You're just like, oh... I do that with The Walking Dead sometimes. Mm. And then call my husband, Paul! Right. Paul, I'm, I'm scared. I'm having a moment. Of I'm glad that you've read yeah. Under the Skin, because that, so that, Michael Faber's a great writer. Amazing. An amazing writer. Sorry to interject. And his, no, it's great. His, his genre, he, he works in many different genres. Um, incredible writer. But that movie's great. And, and it's all Scarlett Johansson. Mm-hmm. And you, it's science fiction. Do you think there's 65 writers that they met with, or is it literally four? And they were like, it's somewhere between four and 65. <laughs> I mean, I would be surprised if it's 65. But, like, if it is that big a number, then what I would guess, if I were them, what I would be doing maybe right now is looking the the fact that we're going to need, like, a whole new crop of movies, a whole new crop of characters, like... Talking to as many people as possible to figure out who's going to be your next class of creators and how they balance against each other. And, I mean, I don't mind as a basic test. If you can't describe to me how you'd make an awesome Black Widow movie, maybe you're not creative enough to sure. do this job. you got so five like, minutes go. They have all these people who are, like, sweating so nervously, 65 it's, people. Essentially, they can take the best one of those, make a Black Widow movie, and then the next ten best and yeah. be like, all right, I love the way you think. Please make FF. I love the way yep. you think. Please make mm-hmm. I love the way, you know, like, the, oh, yeah. why not, like, use hey. this, if you're meeting with people, you don't forget they exist. I agree. Claire, Black Widow? 
I completely agree with Amy. I, I'm, I'm not sure it was 65 directors <laughs> on one phone or 61.3. I think it was 68. Yeah. <laughs> More. Actually, I, I raised you 71. Right? Yeah, 77. <laughs> but I, I actually agree. I, and I think this whole sort of smoke and mirrors and this weird number coming out and all this, it's, I think it's to start to build this next phase. And I th- I've been reading for ages that Scarlett Johansson is really up for being Black Widow. Mm-hmm. And, and Well, she's obviously Black Widow, but up for doing a solo film. Um, and I think it would be absolutely fantastic and a really, really good way to sort of like kick things off in the next phase. It's time. It's yeah. time for a Black Widow movie. Come on, let's do Bring it. Bring it on. Yeah. Teen Titans go to the movies. There's finally an official trailer, and you got to hear you got to hear Nick Cage be Superman. So pretty fantastic. A lot of fun. The trailer, I don't watch the animated show, but this movie, I laughed throughout the entire trailer. I was like, I'll actually go see this in the theater, not just to see Nick Cage voice Superman. Get our documentary, The Death of Superman Lives, What Happened, TDOSLWH.com. What's up, Plug Central? What do you guys think? Teen Titans go. Did you see the trailer? What, Amy, are you excited? about this movie. I love how often we bring this up, but it's just, it's like this little pressure valve that, like, any time that you're like, why is this decision happening? Or blah, blah, blah. You're like, what? I want to travel to a universe where it's just like, you know what's delightful? Comics. Yeah, um, exactly. We're going to make a bunch of silly, great jokes about comics while we tell you this fun little bonkers story. Uh, so so I might also catch this one in theaters. I didn't get the whole cyborg pancakes thing, but that maybe that's part <laughs> of the you know the TV show, because I'm not part of that world or whatever. He's like, pancakes, and Chuck and... I was like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> I mean, but look, I laughed. I laughed out loud several times. What do you think about I this? just thought it was delightful. You know, and I I, I like my, my Titan serious. I mean, I'm the Perez oh, yeah. Wolfman guy. But, I, you know, I've, I've liked a lot of other people's run on Titans as well, including, you know, Jeff Johns. Sure. But uh, I was delighted by this trailer. I, I watched it like four times. I, it just put a big smile on my face. I, at first, I couldn't believe what I was watching because I don't watch the show. I watched like the right. first season of Teen Titans Go, but it wasn't. I've it, seen no, t- no it wasn't, season. No. Well, it, it's it, one of those, like, kids can handle so much more weirdness than we think. We are right. raising the, like, loopiest, most subversive generation, and I love that. And it's partly <laughs> because they, they, like, they were born on SpongeBob, and they graduated to this version of things. And, like, right. we're, we're going to be old people someday being like, what? That joke was strange. And, and I will use your geniuses. word loopiest. I'm like, you can't, you young adults <laughs> are the loopiest adult people around. I mean, I would, what would you call them? Loopy. What do you think? Uh, in Scotland, we would say daft. Daft? Yes. We use daft. I like, like it. So, and uh, just as a side note, so if you're like a fan of something, like you're really into something as well, like you say, a Marvel daft. Like a Marvel daft. A oh. DC daft. Just as a side note. That's so, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Like, I'm going to start using that. We're taking I wanna, that. I want to spread like the Scottish yeah. words throughout Ellie. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really lovely. I'm going to keep it positive because it's so lovely. How could you not like not want to watch this? I agree, Claire. <laughs> so I'm going to keep it positive. Yeah. I'm Captain Marvel daft, yo. Check it out. So, <laughs> BTS Captain Marvel photos everywhere. She's shooting here in Los Angeles. So, you know, I haven't seen any closed off sets yet. I've been keeping my eyes open and be like, oh, what are they shooting? Oh, just some dumb law thing. And so as soon as I see Captain Marvel, I'm getting out of the lift. I'm like running over there. <laughs> take my own shitty pictures with my cell phone. Hey, can I get a picture? <laughs> There's Captain Marvel <laughs> Whatever. You know, I can relax. I'm not going to do that. But I'm glad other weirdos do it because then I get to see these pictures online. Some sweaty nerd is like, I'm hanging out behind things with a, I'm holding a waffle to, so oh, I got kicked off the set they, they get, get out of here they get shuffed along but they got a couple of their pictures and they throw them online thank you nerds for doing that because then we get to live vicariously through your endangering your own lives while a bunch of teamsters are going to beat the crap out of you kid I told you to get off this set and fucking smack down it's like hey look 
<laughs> BTS, Captain Marvel. You know Roke is the guy doing it. That's all I can say. He's the one <laughs> sneaking around in the back. He's like sweating nervously. Yeah, I love Captain Marvel. Roke has got his little trade paperback. He's trying to get Larson to sign. Why don't you admit the croutons? This is all a setup. Collider sets up these shoots. Yes, they, they do. Bring, they bring the stars out. They bring yeah. Bree down. It's and, cinnamon and toast croutons, that. baby. That's how we're paid, man. We're That's paid how- in like the most delicious cereal possible. <laughs> Shilling for Marvel, setting up these fake shoots so we can know. leak photos of the internet. <laughs> Full-on shill bits. What do, do you think, think about it? finances itself? What do you think about these pictures? Look, I- I'm deliriously excited for this movie. Like, mm. I, can't, I can't... I've loved Carol Danvers since, what, Avengers Annual 10? Mm. You know, I mean, all one of my favorite God. comics of all time, drawn by Michael Golden. Yes. Uh, but one of, the, uh, one of my favorite artists, I mean, Micronox, The Nam. Of course. <laughs> you know. oh. uh, yes. I, yes. Big, big... Uh, anyway... I digress. I didn't like when the, he left the series, though. All of a sudden, the quality level. Hey, look. I mean, it was it was just what you can't you can't go golden into another artist. No, they did it with Micronauts too. It doesn't work. I, I know. Pat Broderick's amazing, but it's like you can't be like you got to give it a break. You no, know? I, I can't wait to see. And first of all, Carol Danvers in the modern, you know, the the costume she's wearing in Civil War Two is one of my favorite superhero costumes of all time. Right. So Amy McKelvey. Just well to see that. To, to, I mean, I know we get the green version, right? The, the Cree was the original Cree version of it. Is that, yep. I can't wait to see that transformation because it's going to. You know, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I mean, I, we I, saw a beeper. That's all I could say. What do you think? And Amy? it was the right colors. Uh, I I will say that this might be a good moment. I've had some folks tweeting me and like. I, I, up till now, it's been the, like, to answer this tweet would be a spoiler, because people are like, no spoilers, but... Um, so I'm just going to take this opportunity to say that if you are one of the folks who've been messaging to say, where do I start with Carol Danvers? Mm-hmm. The answer is with the Kelly Sue DeConnick written run uh, that's kicked off circa 2012, 20, something like that. Uh, it is collected now in big paperbacks as Captain Marvel, Earth's Mightiest Hero, mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. uh, is the more recent way, the easier-to-find way of doing that in big chunks. Real excited for this movie. That's a good. That's a good reference point. Is like because uh, you feel that that's where they're going to. The go origin in, is going to be coming from that. They fill in the origin. They they take it forward and back in that run. They kind of give you the art will change a couple times. They might not all be your favorite, but uh, it's it's worth your time. Good. So, I will pick that up because I don't have that. What do you think, Claire? I've been like biting my knuckles, my hands. I'm surprised my hands not like just a, a lump at this point. Like I'm so excited. And at the end of Infinity War, I turned around to my husband and like I was like, I think there's nail marks in his arm. I was just like, oh my right. god! Hang on a second. So spoilers! Spoilers! <laughs> sorry, spoiler yeah. alert. Sorry, right. um, but I'm so super excited. As as everyone was saying, in the nineties, she's a super powerful superhero. <laughs> like it's so exciting. She can fly. She's got those creep powers. She can absorb energy and redistribute it out. I, I mean, I'm getting really sweaty talking about <laughs> it. Like, it's going to happen. You're oh on heroes. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm misting. I'm misting again. But yeah, I am really excited. I'm not that interested in seeing Setfold, so I always think it sort of, like, spoils the vibe for me. I'm just like, I had to see this one for today, but I'm just kind of like, I just want to see the trailers. I just mm. want to see the thing. But after you said about John, like, I'm just imagining John's, like, lowing little hands. Right. <laughs> <laughs> a snap. snap. And then just lowering back yeah. down again, just stepping away. Literally. Hey, look, you know what? <laughs> I actually love behind-the-scenes set photos, and I love when nerds are like, I, the, fir- <laughs> the very first Iron Man picture that I saw was some nerd was hanging out, like, on a bridge somewhere, shivering, like, Tony, there's Iron 
Iron Man. He took pictures from across the bridge, and it was like weird side shots of Iron Man walking around. I was like, there's Iron Man in his outfit. And that was cool. I'm like, I get it. It's a shitty behind-the-scene picture. There's some dude in, like, some, you know, jean jacket, like, bored, a you know, gaffer, and another guy's like, I'm holding an electrical thing. And there's Tony Stark. And I was like, I, I like those behind-the-scenes. I know it's not the movie, but it just gets me excited. And we've gone back and forth where we, like, we, we want people to be able to present their designs in the best possible yes. light. So there's that element of it. And I also never want to know plot points, but it's hard to resist the sort of fun of being like, they're doing it. Look, it's a picture. I never take any of them seriously. People getting all upset about Shazam's weird ridges or whatever. It's like, relax. <laughs> That's, it's a weird behind the scenes photo, literally behind Shazam. They're not even photographing that angle. So. Well, you know, Marvel's not going to be in Hall H this year. Right. But you know we're going to get a trailer in front of Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, baby. You know I certainly, I certainly hope. We've got, we got two months, things. baby. we got some things coming. Yeah. All right. You know what's coming up next week is Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool 2. He's talking about a much smaller Deadpool 3. He's talking about making X-Force even before they do a Deadpool 3 with no T.J. Miller. And he's been begging Hugh Jackman to come and be Wolverine in X-Force. I think that would be... Look, I mean, you know they're friends. They're always hanging out like with each other, like singing songs, doing weird stuff on Instagram. <laughs> Check it out. If you're not following Ryan Reynolds, you should be because his Instagram and his, and his tweets are really fun. But he's also those all of a sudden like you, Jackman will show up like what's going on? Deadpool's on his bed. There's a lot of weird stuff that's been going on. And I think eventually if anyone could make you, Jackman, <laughs> don a weird outfit like Wolverine's not dead in the Deadpool universe. <laughs> Spoiler alert if you didn't see Logan, but you should have seen it by now. You're watching Heroes. So this takes place before Logan. So he could be Wolverine. And we've never seen Wolverine in his official outfit. We've seen him in the weird black leather yeah. x Man outfits, but I want to see a yellow and black or yellow and blue. I want to see yeah, yellow and blue or yellow and brown. I don't want to see the brown. I, you know what? I'd go for any of it. Amy. <laughs> I just want to see him with that mask. I would like to see that happen. And I don't care if they sing a song. I don't care if it's a musical. I want to see Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds rock out together, even if it's for one dream sequence. I think it can happen if it's X Force. What do you think, Claire? I, I mean, that would be. The, I think the whole world and their pet hamsters want to see this happen. Yes, like everyone wants to see this happen. But you know, again, Ryan Reynolds has said you know he exists. I think he says with his sharpie sharpie claws and yes. <laughs> uh, which I love. But it's I think it's going to be a really tough sell to Jackman, who has you know kind of like in human world and real world hung up those claws now. And right. he's like I'm not doing it anymore. But I think a dream sequence could really be like a fun kind of weird. Or even just like a reference, like a, something on TV or a magazine, something, just something. I want to see something. Mm-hmm. But I'm so excited. I'm just excited about Deadpool 2. I'm excited about anything that's to do with Deadpool now. I love uh, Cable and Deadpool comics and stuff. Like I just love all of that. So, But yeah, I think it would be amazing. But I am skeptical it will actually come to light. That's why. Well, I there's think. a lot of carrots that are on the end of Ryan Reynolds' stick right mm-hmm. now. You have dream sequence, you have musical number. Yeah. <laughs> like you're like ringing New Jackman's bell. He's like, ooh. Oh, yeah, you Hugh know Jackman what I'm loves to sing. He loves a sing yeah. song. He yeah. loves a sing like, song. They've already pro- mm. probably got like three different suits built. They're like, which one do you want to wear? <laughs> here's your musical number. Jackman's like, why? Like, screaming, <laughs> I can't resist. He'll be like, it's a one day shoot. No. What do you think? <laughs> on, there, there is something so deliriously, wonderfully meta about like a Wolverine who's like, I've been at this game too long. And then someone's like, but we need your help for one thing. Like, he just is Wolverine now. Uh, yeah. uh, but, uh, 
I, I'm mostly interested in this because, like, we, we're really hearing him talk about a Deadpool 3. Mm-hmm. We've talked about, like, not being sure if he'll get to really finish out the, like, at, do a trilogy. Um, and it, it's interesting to sort of to see him talking about, like, here's what we are doing with X-Force because, like, that that movie had been so separately talked about for a long time. Right. Uh, so... I, I I would be I'm interested in all of this. I do think if anybody could talk like I think you're probably right that it's most likely to be a fun cameo or a dream sequence or a, or something like that. But I wouldn't rule out that he's eventually going to wear Hugh Jackman down and be like, it's one day we'll fly to Hawaii, we'll do whatever we want, like the most fun thing we can think of, and then we'll have it on film forever. Yeah. Uh, I, I I wouldn't rule that out. Uh, and it, it sounds fun, but it's very interesting. Like I don't think I'll miss T.J. Miller if they move forward without him. Uh, and uh, the you know I'm just interested to hear that these are really apparently plans that they're moving forward with. Yeah, I mean, do you think Hugh Jackman will show up in Avengers four or Deadpool three? What do you think? Well, look, when I worked on the the X two <laughs> special features mm-hmm. and I got to interview Hugh Jackman, he was one of the most charismatic people I've ever met in my life. Like to sit in front of him, the guy's smile is infectious. He's so smart and funny and witty. There is no way you can't tell me after I saw that video on Instagram of him singing his birthday song and the camera pans over and there's Deadpool on his bed. Yep. Of course he's going to be in the movie. <laughs> and I could see it. Like, there, there could be a scene at the mansion where somehow Negasonic Teenage Warhead and, and Colossus you know, are there in the mansion and, and he's Wolverine's like making pancakes yeah. you know in 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 civilian garb right yeah. you know and, and there could be some shenanigans that happen there i mean who knows there's don't such... plant that seed in my head now i want that to why? happen oh, why no. if you're hugh jackman who <laughs> wouldn't want to do that i mean what he doesn't want to do is work out for six months sure mm. but all you have to do is put him in civilian clothes you know right. where he's wearing a baggy i don't know denim shirt with a tank underneath or something yeah and but he... now that you've said the blue and yellow i don't think i'll be happy until i get to see well it. there's that too i mean it could be some craziness but Hugh Jackman's a dude he's yeah. like he's he's married he's got kids if that sounds fun right. to him dad settled do he's it. doing it he's doing it all right well, you know the joker decided. the joker is now officially part of Gotham he's arrived and was it everything we thought it was going to be I, for myself I actually like this new interpretation of the Joker I thought I think it was kind of a cool swir- a swerve and switch with Jerome and then now we have this really kind of creepy character like his brother that we didn't really know too much about at all until like a few episodes ago and now he's officially the joker have you if you haven't gotten a chance to see it what are your thoughts about them introducing the joker into gotham i'm really excited by this actually and they've kind of like introduced him at the right time to sort of set up for what's happening next I agree with you. I like this interpretation of the Joker as well. Joker's one of those like villains that kind of divides people, but I think it really works well for us. I've been on and off with Gotham because for me, the series, that there's great episodes, and then I'm like, ugh. Like, right. And then it just kind of falls for me. But this is interesting me a lot, and I think that he's really, really good. Yeah, so. I think the yang is there. Now you need the yin, which is Batman. Yeah. I mean, it, fe- it feels like, look, the, the episodes that I am drawn to watching on Gotham involved Jerome. Yeah. And everything else was like, eh. I mean, yeah, there's the Penguin, there's Solomon Grundy, there's a Scarecrow. It's like literally like, oh, Jerome. It's like, oh, is he the proto-Joker? And those were actually interesting and what I think well put together. Mm-hmm. So everything they're doing, none of it's canon, none of it's following the comics, but who cares? I mean, this is like a world that's already not following the comics. you got baby Bruce Wayne, there is no Batman. All the villains are like, eh. So it's already insane and weird <laughs> and strange. And not even following Gotham, the, you know, the comic, Gotham Central, not following anything. 
thing. It's making its own rules. So I'm like, all right. Even though I've been, it was all angry and sour about it for a couple of years, I didn't even I hate watch the couple of them. I was like, ah. And then, so now I'm like at that point where I'm like, all right, if the Joker's in it, I'm going to watch it. And I actually kind of enjoy it. And I know that they're like getting ready for this next season where they're going to do something very radical. I don't know if it's a full reboot. I don't know if they're going to jump through time by five, ten years. I don't know, but I, my guess, my my secret hope is that Batman will be a part of season five. What do you think about the Joker and Gotham? I still haven't had a chance to catch up and get into this, but it has been delightful to watch them get you. Yes. Uh, to watch you be like, maybe I'll check it out, to being like, all right, that totally works. That was great. Like, that's just fun. Like, yeah. it's really fun when something succeeds. So yeah, now I'm not really as, I'm not as happy about it, Amy, but they did <laughs> they did get me, I'll admit it. You didn't it. need those powers. I, I know. <laughs> Well, I haven't seen this yet either, but I'm kind of with Amy on this one. It's it's you were so vehemently against the show, <laughs> very much, and so. then you've you've come back around and look. If you're gonna, I, you're kind of like E.F. Hutton to me. <laughs> if you speak about something and you think it's good, then I will. I will. I will watch. Remember, it. I've only said the Joker episodes on Gotham, none of the other ones. So just pinpoint <laughs> We're those. You responsible for everything. Yeah, John. I don't want to be responsible for the other ones. You know what? Simon Kinberg is responsible for the script for Gotham. Uh, for, I'm sorry, for Gambit, and he says it's ready. They're still deciding on who's going to be an X Force, but they've got a Gambit script. Is this going to happen? It feels like like this is that the joke movie that's never going to happen like yeah someone's attached to it Ryan somebody or I don't know Tatum O'Neill no it's not Tatum O'Neill it's <laughs> Channing Tatum who's involved I don't even know if this gamma thing is going to happen is it happening in New Orleans is it going to be on the moon who cares <laughs> I don't know I mean I feel like Simon Kinberg's got a lot of already to deal with with making that Dark Phoenix movie good I would only worry about that because isn't everything going over to Disney is this gamma thing possible I mean I'm more concerned with X-Force happening than Gambit. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I mean, Amy, let's start with you. I mean, it's it's just tough to know what to think about it at this point. We've been through so many versions of it over time. Will I show up if they make a Gambit movie? Yes, I will. Uh, but do I currently feel like that is definitely happening anytime soon? Maybe no. Right. Uh, I mean, it, partly because of, you know, they obviously can't control the corporate uncertainty. They can't control this other stuff. But it has been weird to watch this project just get shuffled and shuffled and shuffled. Definitely. Robert? Look, I, uh, Jeremy Saulnier, the director who did Blue Ruin and Green Room, get him to direct Gambit, done. Right. I would, I would watch that. What do you think? Oh, I feel like you mic dropped that, and I'm like, <laughs> like a rabbit in the headlines. So, I mean, I, I agree with uh, Amy. I mean, it's Gambit's one of my favorite characters from from the X-Men and like, I'm glad that you showed some of the 90s cartoon <laughs> as well I used to love Jim Lee's X-Men and stuff from the 90s um, and Rogue and Gambit greatest love story ever the greatest Marvel <laughs> couple ever um, I have at least five Rogue and Gambit t-shirts at home but you know um, didn't wear those today uh, but yeah I'm really I'm really looking forward to if it comes to fruition, but I, I'm going to do that thing that you, you said, hate watch it. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to hate watch it or disgruntle watch it. <laughs> Just a bit kind of like... If it happens. A disgruntled yeah. watch. I yeah. love that. Sort of like my fist kind of like... Oh, like So I'm kind of... I'm not really that bothered by it because it's such a great character, but it's such a mess. And he said that they're going to go forward regardless of this acquisition right. thing because they don't know anything themselves. So it's sort of happening. They, and yeah, they can only it. go forward until they're completely brutally stopped, which is will be like three months from now. Yeah. Joe Russo of the Russo brothers talked about the Soul Stone scene and what it means. Um, so we've got to, you know, look. I mean, if you've seen Infinity War, if you haven't seen it yet, and you're watching this show, 
I don't know what to tell you. You've already had a couple of spoilers. It just happened. And so here's another spoiler. So just turn off the radio or if you're on a podcast. On Podcast One, let's plug it. You can actually subscribe to Collider Heroes. Um, And, you know, but look. We're, go see the movie if you haven't seen it because it's probably already been spoiled by a bunch of yahoos on the internet if you're like on the internet or watching this digitally or whatever listening to it so look the soul stone a lot of bad things happen once he gets all the stones um, <laughs> but is that soul stone scene that is from the comic books now you've seen literally ripped from the pages of the comic book scenes brought to life maybe not particularly exactly the same way or with the same characters as in the comic books but they were literally the inspiration so, i.e., is the inspiration with Gamora, as we've seen some of those sequences that happen inside of the Soul Stone through Thanos' visions with Gamora, is the possibility of that Soul Stone still being a possibility to bring her back? Will that be a part of the fourth Avengers? Let's just guess. We'll start with you, Robert. I think absolutely. I went and saw Infinity War for a third time in IMAX yesterday, and something really struck me, that last scene when Gamora says, you know, is it done? And that's Gamora. He's just seeing her as a child. Right. Mm. It's her. It's her soul. She's there. She's in the soul stone. They show it right to you. Right. There's, there's nothing, you know, whether she's going to get out or not right probably i don't know not or maybe so but it's clearly gamora after she's died it's he's just seeing her as a child Mm -hmm. but she asks the question because she knows what's up she says and and you know to me it's it's such a there are two things that struck me about this movie i love this movie so much it was that scene but it was also there's a it has nothing to do with anything we're talking about i love when thanos asks about ebony maw after and he's dead and thanos is like Guy was like, he was like a friend. He was a good guy. Like Thanos mourns for Ebony Maw right. in the movie. He and almost, it's, almost it's, like he had a really good run. Uh, it's it like, like almost like yeah, this kind like of a weird. And he's, 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 he doesn't like the fact that Ebony Maw yeah. is dead. He was upset. He was upset. Yeah, there are humanizing factors God, to I Thanos. Like I've waffled speaking about Cyborg about pancakes or waffles. <laughs> I've been like back and forth with Thanos whether I felt like it, and you know like I've seen it twice. I haven't seen it a third time, but I feel like thinking through all of the different facets of Thanos, he mm. did. Did care about Gamora, and he had to sacrifice because we were talking about sacrifice last week. And I was like, "He's an uncaring monster," but even an uncaring monster can love something, even if it's hate, it's wrongful love or a cruel love. He did truly sacrifice the one thing that he did love. So I feel like even within that, that shows that he is not human, but capable of emotion, mm-hmm. and so that is his fatal weakness, I think, because of, as far as like someone who's purely kind of in a megalomaniacal way evil that is then deemed a weakness that ability to care about something where most people would be like that's your strength you know so i feel like we're going to see some of those things come back and forth what do you think well just to continue on with it i think any good villain the state needs the stakes for him need to be high and when they say you have to sacrifice something you love to get the soul stone, and Gomer goes, that's not real love. You don't really love it. Clearly, he got the soul stone. Though, so he clearly does love her. Right. But is she dead? Or is she just stuck in the soul stone? I love seeing that pocket universe, and I think we're going to see lots more of it in the next film, which is really exciting. So, and I've got a whole like theory about where everyone went at the end when they all disappeared, kind mm. of thing. Or 
die supposedly right. so, um, again spoiler alert everyone but too late sorry sorry we've been talking about spoilers for like 10 minutes baby was it we were like Dude. sorry du- they get dusted <laughs> half the more than half the avengers you could, people were openly weeping with the spider-man scene what's happening tony stark it's like there's some heavy emotions oh, yeah. that oh, are happening don't. in this movie that everyone is triggered by and you're like you know like how can you be triggered by like, you've had all of these like 18 other movies to get to know all of these characters and their individual lives and then to see all that like just torn apart mm-hmm. that's what is truly pretty remarkable about this movie though it's very segmented and everybody has like little bits and scenes here and there because we have this catalog of i don't even know how many hours that is 18 movies like two like that's a lot of hours like mm. 37 hours it's a lot to like we've got this background now where we care about we're invested with all these characters and even a lot of them meeting for the first time we're already invested with tony stark and steven strange and to see them come together with spider-man being a part of that th- these kinds of things that's why it's hard to f- figure out whether like it can Gamora come back? Are they going from the comic book? Is Nebula going to play a giant role in Avengers 4? All the characters who became dusted, is that going to be that ultimate sacrifice reversal? Mm-hmm. We don't know. I'd say read Avengers 4 forever. That's what I'd say, because Avengers Forever just got put back into print. And if you know anything about Marvel proper, they're always like, yeah, we don't know what's going to be happening. By the way, we're reprinting all these comic books. (laughs) That might be a giant clue, baby Kang. We don't know if Kang's going to be a part of it. Kang's going to be a part of it. Anyway, don't listen to me. I Um, don't think baby Gamora is real Gamora, but I do think she's in Soul World. I agree. I think. No, it's the way it's her soul. That's how Thanos sees her, though. I get your point. I just happen to disagree. I don't think she would ask, what did it cost? I don't think that would be. He's rhetorically asking that of himself, and his guilt is what he sees. I I have to tell you, there was at the theater yesterday, there were were these two, I guess there were sisters, two little black girls directed, dressed in their Sunday best, really, really cute as a button. Right. Both of them were with their parents, who were each, their mom and dad were on their knees, and these two girls were bawling at the Chinese theater. They were crying their eyes out. I've been told this by I walked up on the left side of the Chinese. Uh, uh, they were they were taught and the t- it was I hate to say it was so cute it was so cute but they were like what happened I mean they were so upset about Black Panther they yep. were so upset about about Spider Man Spider Spider Man Spider Man is the one that one of the crushes. girls kept just saying Spider Man Spider Man Spider Man yeah. little ten year old boys crying about Black Panther and Spider Man is like yeah, you want to tell them as an adult like look dude. It, Read You got these comics here. They're not just here for show. I know there's a cover that looks cool, but if you open it and read it, you'll see all of the Infinity Gauntlet, and you'll maybe get a clue as to how some of this stuff might happen in the future. Oh, these, uh, but it was. Ter- I felt terrible. These girls were dressed. They were so pretty. They had like you know pigtails in their hairs. Like they, it's like they went. Did to you buy them a candy bar? No, because I was not going to interfere in a, in a family's <laughs> moment. That's but, right. But they had their parents were taking it very seriously. Wow. It was a very inspirational family moment brought to you by Infinity War. I keep keep telling people who are like, man, I just saw one of the most depressing movies I've ever seen. I was like, well, there's a second part that's probably even more depressing coming out next year. Relax. It's not going to be that depressing. The Russos also talked about they were hinting at their excitement in bringing the X-Men and the Fantastic Four to the Marvel Universe. So when they're dropping these kind of giant Megaton hints where they're like, Man, we are just, you know the Russo brothers are massive X-Men and Fantastic Four fans. So they are just literally telling you, because they just, I think, what is any word? That's right, the biggest movie ever <laughs> on the planet Earth. 
It's the literally the biggest movie ever. It's like the most box office you ever made, and it's probably gonna it beats Star Wars opening weekend. It's gonna it's gonna consume and consume. It's gonna be the largest movie ever. I'm not talking about Gone with the Wind. You Opens can go back China to Friday. You know, look, it's like I'm not worried about these ancient ones. I'm like just well, I'm just saying. If the Russos want to make the Fantastic Four, I think Kevin Feige is like, oh, by the way, here's the keys to Fantastic Four. And they're like, well, we changed our mind about X-Men. Here's the keys to the X-Men. It's like, I don't think they're, they've got a, a pretty cool relationship, and I'd be happy to see either one of them. I'm going to ask you, the devil's due is like, Fantastic Four or X-Men, if they can only pick one, Russo Brothers, what are they doing, Robert? X-Men. What are they doing? Maybe he's shocked and you surprised. Claire, what, what are they doing? X-Men or Fantastic Four? They can only pick one. Um, I say X-Men, 100%. Yeah, let's do it. All right. I'm yeah. totally cheating, and I'm splitting up the Russo brothers. Aww. One is directing the X-Men, oh, and the other one is doing the Fantastic Four. <laughs> They're going to lose their powers. I know, I know. That's not it's fair. Wonder Twin Brothers to separate. No. Yeah, no, I would never do that. I'm not splitting up the Russo The mighty Janos has spoken. I know. That was such a cheat. That's such a <laughs> cheat moment. Yeah, you're like, Janos. It's like, I separate them with my two power gloves. Luke Cage Season 2. Let's end our minor mutations hey. on a high note. If the trailer dropped for Luke Cage Season 2, it looks fantastic. I loved everything about it. I loved the introduction of Bushmaster. It's a perfect way to introduce him. <laughs> I don't know if he gets his ass beat in, in issue one or issue six, but the ass beating is happening. And that ass beating has to, he's got to have to learn how to be, control himself a little bit more. Maybe some other people are going to come in. Like, are we, Misty's coming in. Obviously, he's like, I'm the, uh, you're my sidekick. I love that line. <laughs> and I, they didn't show Danny Rand, but I feel like Rand is going to come in somehow to help him marshal his own chi to be like, look, you got to control. Bushmaster's got more control over his power than you do. And I feel like that is going to be a large part of season two. Now, the creator of Luke Cage for the television series, as well as Coulter, are you know, they, they wrote a, a, a very good interview, a couple interviews I read, where they were like, look, we know we had problems with season two. We know it was very uneven. We know the first half was awesome. One. Yeah, I'm sorry, of season one. We know the first half was awesome and the second half kind of sucked. And they're, like, all cool with admitting it because all of us know that and we've talked about it. But it's, like, cool to actually have the actual people responsible be like, yeah, we dropped the ball. We should have, you know, all the things you're like, why didn't they do this? Why we know. And forth, you know, afterwards, it's so easy to complain about stuff. So they're proactively trying to make this season not have those problems. What were your reactions to the second season of Luke Cage? We'll start with you. There's a lot to take in with this trailer. Sure. and. I, I think you're seeing what they're they're hinting at a slight arc of like a little mini hero's journey that he's going through here, which is all the best stories are always are always like that. But he you know, at the beginning he looks a bit kind of bullshy and he's like the ladies are going, Hey, you know, and, and he's like, Whatever. But then he gets his ass beaten down and the stakes are higher. And that's what we that's what we need from Luke Cage. And we saw a different Luke Cage before he was all like, Oh no, no, I'm not into it, I'm not into it and now he's like yeah, so he needs to kind of. It's like Thor and like the first Thor movies. Right, he needs to be slapped about a bit and told off. The Ubris is too high. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> so I'm kind of hoping like it gives him a little bit more depth than just being a big strong dude. That's right. a bit sensitive. I think we're going to see a lot of that growth yeah. over the. I don't know how many. It's 13 episodes, and they always like. But we added a special bonus 14th. I don't know how many episodes there's going to be. What do you think, Amy? I'm in. The trailer looks great. It looks uh, like like you're saying uh, the the team behind this. It, it just feels like 
we're reading the run of, of Luke Cage and this is the next thing that's coming. Like, right. it feels like comics in that way, where it's like, tune in for more of Luke Cage having adventures. Like, Definitely. will do. I'm so glad you said that because all of the way the, the Netflix series are going is how all the, se- the second season of Jessica Jones. Now we've got the second season of, uh, of Luke Cage. We've got a third season, which is, you know, is it going to be that one that we wanted all this time from Daredevil? So. Can I take one pot? I sure. love that joke at the end of like, well, who says I'm not your psychic? And he's like, it's my show. And it's like, Netflix, it's only not her show because you haven't greenlit Daughters of the Dragon yet. Right? <laughs> like, are you trying to distract me with that? I mean... Well, let's just say Daughters of the Dragon and, uh, you know, Heroes for Hire are definitely <laughs> on the table. What are your thoughts about this Well, trailer? first of all, this trailer is wildly entertaining. You know, and it, it gave me everything that I wanted to see in, in Luke Cage, a Luke Cage season two trailer. Totally. I mean, I hope it translates to the show. I think it does. I mean, they seem to be pretty self-aware. Sure. They're trying to do course corrections and things like that. But but I, I like you said, I like the idea of the hero's journey. You've got to beat down these characters. You have to take away... That's why Born Again is such a great Daredevil storyline. You take away everything they have, and they have to fight their way back to the mm-hmm. to the top of the heap again. And it looks like they've done this. And, and, and in modern day, uh, they've disgraced him on social media. That's you know, right. there's there's yeah. the bad video that right. gets played over and over yeah. and over again, which is literally, yeah. I mean, that's the most humiliating thing to do to anybody now, and they did it to him. Yep. So, I mean, the only thing that can beat this is, like, Daredevil Season 3, the trailers just begins with Matt Murdock's apartment exploding. <laughs> Come on, baby. Born Again, you had to mention it. So, that's it for Heroes. You've been watching episode 242. Robert, Amy, Claire, thanks for doing the show. And I'll see you on Wednesday. Stay little chico, pit bull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive. Brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game. So that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just 2 bucks on the one 2 3 menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.